0: How you doing, everybody? This is Dennis Michelson. Welcome to the Data Lab on For Frequency's Sake. This is where all the numbers get crunched to hopefully make you more money in fantasy football. Hey, I know it's working for the professor and I, and it will work for you, too, if you learn the scientific method from us. And join me as does each and every week, because he is the professor, after all. It's John Bush. John, welcome
1: back. Hey Dennis, week seven, lots of uh, uh, teams on by. We got a Thursday game that uh, I guess we're we're recording Thursday, so we're a day ahead of our usual. So we haven't, we don't know what's going to happen tonight. We're pessimistic about Thursday games. I say they're blah, and we got two Germany games coming up, and I'm there on those two. Even yeah. though one is the Chiefs, I know you're. <laughs> Fired up about that. I just. Uh, I hope everything settles down in the in the war front there. I, I don't. Germany's pretty close to the battle zone, so I hope everything works out. I'm I'm too paranoid and pessimistic. I think Dennis. Anyway, well, we've got <laughs> lots of injuries and bye weeks to deal with, so we'll see how our new extra new stuff that I'm going to introduce today helps us out on our lineups and trades and all that. So that's the whole point. We're going to talk about it today and in the, in the data level.
0: Not only do we have six teams on by and a bunch of injuries to deal with, but the teams on by, we have three of the quarterbacks that everybody is starting in fantasy football, Joe Mixon, Dak Prescott, and, CJ Stroud, who who thought we'd we'd be counting on CJ Stroud as a quarterback in one quarterback leagues, but he's been doing really really consistently well. And then how about these running backs that are sidelined? You're missing Mixon this week. You're missing Tony Pollard. No Brees Hall. Uh, no Chuba Hubbard, who's taken over nicely uh, with the Panthers. You're missing Derrick Henry, of course, and you're missing Damian Pierce. So that's a lot of talent at running back. And then, of course, from the wide receiver point, you're missing all three Bengals. You're missing CeeDee Lamb, Garrett Wilson, Adam Thielen, who's been one of our favorite guys. We were all over him in the preseason. The Texans have been getting some good performance out of their wide receivers. You've been using those as well. And then the Titans, well, we don't worry about their wide receivers much. But it, and not too many tight ends of note. That's the only good news is none of those six teams are guys you should be counting on the tight end regularly Dalton
1: Schultz Dalton Schultz has been last couple of weeks has yeah I, I I I hoard tight ends and tight end premiums so he's one of my two or three that I hoard and uh you know. he, he, he's he been the
0: only one of the six he's teams. been the
1: shining star yeah. of a lot of that group True.
0: very very good indeed so lots of missing parts and pieces for your fantasy team which means you can have to go a little bit deeper into the data to find these key matchups and professor you've been expanding your efficiency data and oh my goodness, it's been very successful for me over the last season and a half and it's getting even better.
1: Yeah, we uh I have enough sample points, right? We got weeks one to six now, so I started uh doing efficiency uh last week. Uh still beta testing. I like a few years to really you know, hammer it all down. But I moved in to home and away and rushing and passing attempt biases. So trying to bring in that uh, activity as well, trying to figure out what teams like to do at home. Do they like to rush? Do they like to pass? Do they like to do both? Are they just sucky? I'm talking about the Giants, or they just suck you at everything. So, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. I can't help the data. Uh, you know, there's some good players on the Giants. I mean, I love Barkley and, and you know, whatnot. But still, I mean, overall, this is team level, right? So I've, I've got this, and I'm adding this to our uh, Vegas DAPS and SNAPS discussion now I'm throwing this in, so I'm adding that extra slice, right? That it, you know, Thanksgiving, you got to have that extra piece of pie just to make sure your coma lasts a long time <laughs> after the feast. So that extra, that small little sliver of pumpkin pie, right? And uh, you know, got you know, that's kind of what this, this, these metrics are just to maybe help you out or or kind of lead you uh, to better thinking, deeper thinking. And that's all we can do, folks. We can't predict the future, but it it just makes sure we're thinking correctly and or at least make the best decision. We can't determine the outcomes. All we can work on is making our best decisions. So I'm sharing uh oh go ahead and having good
0: process is the key professor Mm -hmm. you gotta have a Mm -hmm. good process and part of that process is really understanding how team dynamics work and i love your data because it tells us not only who is best home and away but you're telling us who the hot team is as well and that is something i find very valuable
1: yeah, so I actually am monitoring, you know, last couple games. How, how's it been going lately versus the whole season? It's important to to check both those, right? It's like taking temperature when you're grilling, right? You, you you know, take the, the thick part, but the thin. You don't want to burn one side and and undercook the other. So you got to kind of play it off there. But uh, this first slide. And again, this is all on Science of Fantasy Football. I've got all this static images of this data. People can look. I've got a video i recorded. That's all up for people to uh, get into. So they won't miss any of this. So just go to Science of Fantasy Football and to figure it out. So... Here is uh, my home away splits. I actually even colorize the teams, uh, Dennis, so I make it even easier. Uh, uh, I give you the the top teams that are uh, the home bias. They are really efficient at home, and there are teams that are really efficient at away, and that might surprise people. Everybody thinks home field advantage but some of these teams, um, more than some, actually behave like uh, the away game is their home field uh, as far as their metrics. So it's important to realize, and I don't know if that's, you know, what's going on there. Maybe they have different plans and their coaching is better in an away game you know, situation where I'm not sure, you know, I can't quite tell you why it's working. I'm just monitoring, you know, it is working and my efficiency looks at points scored per second of activity of a team on offense and the team's yards per game uh, 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 gotten or, uh, you know, produced. So I've, I've kind of tweaked that a little bit, got a metric. You don't have to worry about all the, The numbers I I colorize it for you, but at the end I look uh, at first at what I call the home away ratio. So uh, teams that have a metric that's above one to home if to home if they're below one there's and then I pick and then I pick the extremes. Kind of like we talk about you know when we talk about tiers and drafting. If you look. If you look, and uh, I've got the uh, bar graph, and if you look at the data of this ratio home-away splits, you can see where the tiers fall. And so, see, Dennis, you can see that Cincinnati's uh, the, uh, the last really extreme home bias team there. It's Arizona, Atlanta, Miami, Seattle, Detroit, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. And if, if people can go and look at this, but I got a bar graph and look at it. It is clear that there's a drop from Cincinnati's home bias to New England. It, it, it's just a clear tier. When I look at data series, I look for these breaks like that. That's a hard break there. And then on the other end, looking at the away break, look at San Francisco and then Vegas is the skewed to the the away. And New Orleans, Houston, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Chicago, Washington, Minnesota, surprisingly. And the Giants actually play better. They play sucky, but they play less sucky away. (laughs) And again, you can – I mean, they're really in their own tier, uh, Dennis, but I kind of just – Threw them in there, but if you look at this bar graph and I colorized it as well, you can see how it, you know. Words I just didn't arbitrarily pick these teams and say, "Okay, you're anointed as home bias or away bias." The data is leading me to. I, you know, I don't have no stake in, you know, whether a team is home. I mean, I'm following the data, and that's how it should be. In other words, you know, Miami plays good so let me figure out how to make that you know how to go find the data to confirm right to stand up my opinion that's not how we do science you get the data and then based on your analysis what did you find and dennis has harped on that for a while his drunk in the lipo uh, (laughs) analogy of something i'll never uh you know forget here but there that is dennis And and then uh, this is who's hot recently. This is what got your juices flowing. And uh, I guess I'm getting hungry. I was thinking about that turkey roasting for Mm. Thanksgiving here. And, Mm. you know, you shake, you shake the leg. And if the egg is loose, that means you take its temperature. And that probably means that it's getting close to done. At least that's what grandma always told me. (laughs) Shake the turkey leg. So, you know, cause you want to grab that first. If you got a lot of relatives, you know, you, you, it's almost like you got to call fair catch for a turkey leg. <laughs> you know, your uncles and stuff start, you know, feasting before it even hits the table. They're starting to pick and kind of like locusts. I don't know about your Thanksgiving, but in my day at families, there was a lot of you had to call fair catch for pieces of chicken or turkey there because they'd be gone. And uh, so you have to fight. Dennis, you had to come down with the ball had to come down with that turkey leg and John Madden with the turducken and all his, his uh, classic Turkey, you know, I guess I'm ready for Turkey uh, Detroit games here. Uh, You know, he'd always talk about that Turkey (laughs) leg and, and I, you know, if you're a football fan, you always remember that, but this shows you who's hot and who's not. Minnesota's is the hottest team in the last three weeks. Oh, yeah. As far as efficiency, folks. Jacksonville, who would have thought? And poor Ter- Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Dennis and I were debating about his injury here. San Francisco's been hot. Except last week's, you know, I'm curious to see this metric. If CMC's out for a long time, oh. I think this is going to, I think, Purdy's getting exposed a little bit. Buffalo, Denver, uh, probably Washington, Detroit have been kind of hot lately. Those are not necessarily the the top teams. The cold teams, the Giants, Green Bay, Atlanta, Arizona, New England, Pittsburgh, Seattle, and Indianapolis have been kind of cold the last couple games. So, right away in your betting and all your other gambling endeavors, just realize there's, you know, some recent trends, who's hot, who's not. Just be cautious, get the odds you want, right? You know, in horse racing, if the horse has been six months before they have raced again, that's a little bit of a gamble and then knows that. And you better get a nice little price if you're going to bet, a horse coming back after an injury in six months. I mean, you, you know, and so right now the hot teams, you probably kind of want to go with them, but the cold teams, you need to be a little cautious, especially in those deep flex situations, Dennis.
0: Yeah. And you need to see some improvement before you really feel comfortable to load up on a team, but hey, you know, I got to mention the turkey leg thing because my dad found a unique solution because oh. everybody was fighting over the turkey leg. Yeah, sure. He cooked two turkeys. He oh. So the second turkey was a much smaller turkey and was mainly oh. for two people who, you know, were going to fight over them to get extra turkey legs. And then we had turkey breast for for leftovers uh later in the week. Yeah. But they that's that's how he he fought that situation. Well,
1: yeah, I guess he was pretty sharp there. I guess I guess Dennis took after his dad. <laughs> that's a good idea.
0: Pretty good I handicapper will... when it came yeah. to came to Thanksgiving uh feast. Yeah. So he, he found good. a found a way out. But I but yeah. I love this data professor because you know you're showing the skews and mm-hmm. you're showing the tiers of the skews but if you look at the extremes for the that, home away yeah. splits, that's yeah. like an 18
1: times difference from the
0: lowest yeah. to the highest team. Uh, that's, that's it, an, it's a, that's incredible. Yeah, the,
1: it is. It's incredible. And it's really, uh, you know, I, uh, we're still in beta testing. So I, I, we got to figure out and Dennis and I will uh, what this means How can we make money? How can we make better decisions with this? And I'm not 100% sure right now, uh, but I do present it. I'm not trying to hide it. I got other stuff I'm hiding, but I'm not hiding this data.
0: And what I do with this, Professor, is I think the sensible approach is that if things are really close, so Mm -hmm. I've gone through my MVP index, and I can't separate them. I've looked at the at the defense against position data, and I still got two guys really close where I can't separate them. Then I look at the home and away biases. Now, let's say after looking at the home and away biases, I'm still close where nobody has stood out yet. I've got two or three guys that I'm deciding between, That's when I go that extra set of data to who's hot and who's not. And if now I, it's still not a tiebreaker. It's still not a tiebreaker for me. I'm still, I'm still, you know, up in the air on who to start. But if I am tied on everything else, everything else is within the margins that say it's not statistically significant, then I've got one guy at the extreme, to the high side that his team's improving and one to the low side, that's a no-brainer to me. It's the ultimate tiebreaker. And it happens more often than you think, folks, especially if you play in deeper leagues, but especially when you're missing so many players like we are in week seven. These decision trees better include this data and this would be a heck of a tiebreaker I think when it comes to making those final flex decisions
1: and daily fantasy sports I oh think. yeah yeah you know yeah I, I, I take a couple bucks each week you know I, I I roll for the the shoot for the sky right and this can help you find some secret players right and uh, you know it's good, it's good for that as well. And your flex decisions, and uh, you know trades. Maybe there may be something to that, or or looking at the waiver wires or pickups. You know, maybe a short term situation. Uh, you know what's going on. Look at uh, look at the Rams. A Rams are right below at one point one nine, so they're still a little skewed. With Zach, at, are, are the Rams playing at home this week? I don't know. Are they playing away? I forgot. The Rams
0: this week are playing at home against the Steelers.
1: Well, then, then I'm liking the Zach Evans, you know, if he does get his shot, we're kind of shooting it, you know, they – they, you know, grab folks off the street this week, what about four, (laughs) you know, Hey, are you breathing? Okay. Fog this mirror, (laughs) you know, uh, but that's what I see in, in considering that that works for, you know, Zach Evans, you know, and I don't know how many home games they got to their buy and Williams may come back, but if they have two or three, that might be good news for, you know, in fact, this might tell you that, uh, you know, Zach Evans, if, you know, say week nine, he's had three home games and maybe week nine, right before the buys and away, and he doesn't do as well, you might try to get rid of him after week eight, right? He might still have that glow. So you might be able to use this to predict a down game a little bit. So there's a lot of subtleties that I think exist, uh, Dennis. And I think, you know, in the beta testing, that's part of what we're doing with your MVP data and this data and all the other projects we have going. Got too many projects ESPN if you give us interns <laughs> we, we would crank up some stuff but anyway uh, you know it might be something really interesting that kind of tell you what you know the hot potato when to drop them kind of thing so I don't know I'm just I can imagine this could help in some type of trade situation and, and here's, here's the
0: situation with Evans he's got one home game before Kyrian Williams comes back. So maybe Ooh. if he has a big game this week against Pittsburgh Ooh. and the yep. defense against positions says he's probably in good shape there as well. He has a big game. Maybe you can get a good trade. In I mean, for in him. a
1: dynasty or something, we oh, yeah. might be able to get a pick, maybe a, tr- uh, a player and a pick. And it's like stuff, something extra. That's how he plays it. And oh,
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so
1: you trade him, and you get a player and a pick or two. You, yeah, you what know.
0: what I always love to do, and I did this with some success in the past off season, is if somebody is looking for a particular player that I've got, and I value that player, but I don't hang on to any particular. I'll I'll trade Patrick Mahomes if the price is right. It does not matter to me, I'm building a better team. So if I can get two parts that go in my starting lineup for one starter, that's a no brainer to me. But what I do a lot of in fantasy football trades is if there's a hot player that people want, and it's a guy that I can part with because I'm not all that in love with him. Um, I had some cam Akers this year in dynasty where I did this, uh, guy wanted to trade me. The guy wanted to give me two second-round picks and a player. And I picked – I said, okay, it's going to cost you two seconds and a third, and it's going to cost mm-hmm. you Nico Collins. They couldn't get rid of Nico Collins fast enough because they, he was a bomb his first year. Now he gets yep. a better quarterback. I was speculating. I didn't know how good he would be, but I know he was drafted real early. I know he's—he he had good physical skills. He rates out as a, a good physical, athletic guy. I took a shot at him. Now I had two second-round picks, a third pick that that I couldn't deal with here. Uh, in next year's draft, I got, uh, you know, two two a second rounder last year. I got a second and third this year coming up in 2024, and I got Nico Collins. So, I've got three players instead of just the one guy who I wasn't all that high on anyway. So, and it turned out great because then he's no longer the Rams starting running back, and I got Kyron Williams stashed on my taxi squad because I had Akers, I had Williams. I always have the next man up on my team if I can kind of finagle it. And I was able to get him off of waivers. So, it, you have to be thinking, get that plus one. If you're just shuffling one piece for one piece in Dynasty fantasy football, the best you're going to do is break even. I, I don't like to break even. I like to have a little extra. I don't mind giving up the best player for multiple players because that's how you build a team in fantasy football. Sometimes I'll be on the opposite side of that. I gave up. Justin Jefferson and a pick to get Josh Allen on a super flex team where I was weak at quarterback you sometimes have to trade away your best player to get a great player that's going to help you more in in that format of fantasy football but using these, these tools is great for even redraft because if I've got Zach Evans on my team in a redraft league maybe I'm getting back a player who is hurt that is now coming back. Uh, maybe got a James Conner coming back in a couple weeks. Now, I, all of a sudden, if I can trade, fill in my weakness, get a plus one of maybe a backup tight end or somebody like that. Now I'm in good shape because I gave up a guy who has one big week and now is going on the road where he might be weaker before another player comes in and takes over the job again after the bye week. So you're always having to think farther out in advance than just how is it going to help me for this week?
1: I agree. And so extra stuff in here. I then went and looked at rushing attempts, passing attempts. And a lot of times in most sites, Dennis, they'll just have, you know, the actual real numbers, and they'll just go, you know, like 40 attempts and 20. And you're thinking, well, that's double. And it, sometimes it's hard to figure out how good is 40 or how bad is 20. So I do a simple math trick scaling where I look at the league average, subtract that from the number. And anything skewed high is really uh, on the extreme. And anything skewed low is, of course, on the bad side of the extreme. So now I can look at the teams in the last uh, six weeks. Who's rushing more than the league average? Who's passing more? And then I made it easy for you. I colorized uh Purple is good. Yellow is, is, is bad. And I actually colorized the passing-centric uh, teams and the rushing-centric teams. Number one in the league, Philadelphia is scaled 5.9, and Frisco is 9.8. How about that? You think they need CMC? So I knew if CMC ever got hurt, the way Purdy's been playing, look at that, minus 9.8, Dennis. They are all about the rush. And I've got that noted. They're one of the top rushing teams in the league. So if you, so they're, they're a one trick pony. I know IUC's great. I've got him, D Bill. I'm not saying their talent, I'm saying how they're being used. I can't help it. If the coach is doing this or that. They are force feeding CMC of course I probably would too as coach but I don't know coaching but the metrics are telling me that it might not be a surprise that Purdy is being in a situation now without CMC he's a, he's going to be in a bind till they can recover and you know get going so I've got the skews on passing the high and the low and you can see who's about average. And then I've got uh, the rushing teams, the best rusher Jacksonville ETN. And tonight Jacksonville's playing the, the, the saints. So to me, uh, that's what that game comes down to. If Lawrence doesn't play, they're going to have to ETN's going to have to do what they've been doing with them. So They've been skewed to the rush, believe it or not, more than the pass. I mean, their passing had been badged, minus one at eight, you know, kind of close to average, a little bit below. But the rushing is extreme, Dennis. So this allows me to kind of weigh the balance of each team and, and consider. Look at New Orleans. They're skewed to the passing. So New Car is going to be passing, passing, and passing to Kamara. I didn't say where the pass was going. And Jacksonville, especially if Lawrence is injured or hurt, I think they're going to rush. And I think that probably is going to mean Jacksonville is going to be in trouble. Not if they don't have Lawrence, I for sure know they're going to be in trouble. And if they have Lawrence, he's probably going to have to skew to the pass to keep up with New Orleans. Uh but it's going to be a flip them kind of game so this i've got this data for you and i've got a bar graph dennis i love my bar graphs you can see who's high who's low in the rush and then i have the home away tendencies for the rush and pass so do teams pass more at home or away do teams rush more home or away so uh, Jacksonville, uh runs more away so they're playing new orleans away tonight so i expect they're a rushing centric team they run more away uh they pass more at home they pass less away new orleans i don't know where they're yeah new orleans is uh home they don't run a lot but they Compared to running, they pass about league average, but it's still more than the rushing. So they're a little skewed to the passing. The most skewed team to the passing is Minnesota, Dennis, 1.5 at home. If Minnesota's at home, it is a passing circus for you. If Indianapolis is at home, it's sad for passing. Chargers are sad for passing, believe it or not compared to the league. So this will allow you to spot teams that are balanced, teams that are skewed, you know, in their home to rushing or passing, teams that are kind of equally good or equally bad at home or away. So you can hammer that data as well. And then finally, what's happening in the last couple of weeks, as far as rushing or passing, who's been doing better recently in passing? Arizona, Atlanta, Philly, Green Bay, Washington Jets, New Orleans. Those teams have been passing a lot more recently. And then Vegas Giants, Seattle, Chicago, Carolina, Jacksonville, uh, Philly, Houston, Minnesota have been running a lot more recently. So you can get the seasonal SKUs as well, you know, home and away splits as well as what are they doing? And I'm not giving you the, you know, the numbers. I I'm, I scale it and 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 figure out differences because that's to me you spot the extremes. And in science, we're looking for extreme situations that are probably telling us a lot more than the average. And so, in fantasy football, I believe that extremes inform us more and are more valuable knowing the extremes and how extreme versus just average. And I think you have more advantages because I don't think on Twitter that people are using these kind of met. These people claim to be metric-driven people, Dennis, but I never see it. I, I don't know what they're doing. I think they got the old Magic 8-ball, you know, turkey leg in one hand, the Magic 8-ball, and then well, let me tell everybody <laughs> this week do this. And they shake it up. And, you know, I don't know what the hell they, you know, these experts, they remind me of the, you know, the, the, the guy on the corner playing in the three card money and the police come They They got it all fit, you know, about one touch of their suitcase. They're gone and they'll set up in the next alley somewhere. I mean that fly by night, you know, Hey, okay. That didn't work. I better, and nobody remembers what I said last week except for fantasy receipts. And everybody gets mad at them because they call you. Because before fantasy receipts, nobody paid attention. And now there's at least a little bit of comeuppance on some of these outrageous. I mean, it's not, you know, logical proclaimments. But this is going to be the best season ever, the worst season they use all these descriptors to try to get clicks and it's just ridiculous. Anyway, that's my gripe of the data lab, Dennis. How they use you, data or don't use data.
0: And if you make twenty outlandish predictions, it's <laughs> yeah. it's like the weather forecaster on TV that I knew years ago who would put out a different forecast for the four, five, six, and ten o'clock newscasts. So he and probably then the, hit something and then the next day he would yeah. verify all of the forecasts he would forca- he would verify only his closest forecast against the actual data and show that same forecast at four, five, six, and ten and People who only caught one of the broadcasts were thinking, "Wait a minute, he said it was going to be seventy five yesterday when I saw it now he's saying seventy, and yeah. the actual temperature was sixty eight i He's, he's kind of playing fast and nobody pays attention to the details. It's, it is it is kind of like the magician. Hey, watch this hand over here. Here is, is how I'm going to do this. But watching this data, Professor, you can see trends as they start to develop. So you could see that it was the right time, in my case, to pay, take Kyle Pitts off the bench, put him yep. in the starting lineup. Because we're starting to see an uptick. Look at that. On, hot. Yep. Yep. It, he's hot. Yep. Starting to see an uptick on passing. Drake yep. London, Kyle Pitts, both on yep. uptick in how much opportunity that mm-hmm. they were getting. So check out all of this great data by the professor. He's got the secret sauce that you're going to need even more in week seven with so much unpredictability. So head on over to the scienceoffantasyfootball.com. Check out all the data. Check out my weekly values, complete with the MVP index that I'm beta testing but especially check out all of the professor's data, whether it's defense against position, whether it's the efficiency data, it's all there easy for you to see as you look for your matchups. Head on over to scienceoffantasyfootball.com. Also listen to the Science of Fantasy Football podcast, the sister podcast to this. And of course, head on back here to For Frequency Sake next week for another edition of The Data Lab.
1: Get to work, folks.